0: If your teenager has low self-confidence or is anxious about being picked on this episode is for you seven in ten girls believe that they are not good enough or don't measure up in some way including their looks performance in school with their friendships and boys struggle with self-esteem almost as much when teens feel bad about themselves they may try to avoid daily normal activities like going to school and they often engage in unhealthy activities like cutting Bullying, disordered eating, and even losing themselves in video games. What can we do? Today, I'm joined by clinical psychologist Kate Lund, who has worked with major hospitals, schools, and hundreds of parents. Her international best selling book, Bounce, is the ultimate guide to helping children build resilience and thrive in all areas of life. Welcome, Kate. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Can you start just by sharing your backstory? What inspired you to help parents bring out the best in their kids?
1: Sure, absolutely. Well, so it all started back when I was a young child, actually, when I um was diagnosed with a condition called hydrocephalus at four. And so that was full of ups and downs. Um, hydrocephalus is, is a condition where the cerebral spinal fluid isn't circulating as it should. Um because there's either a blockage or something's going on. And so I was diagnosed without it four. condition can be managed with something called a shunt surgically implanted. It circulates the fluid for you. Um, you know, and that was all good when it was working, but shunts break. And so it caused a lot of sort of in and out of the hospital, a lot of coming back to school, looking different, feeling different, having to play catch up, that sort of thing. So I think those early experiences really sort of, triggered my interest in, you know, psychology, becoming a psychologist, really helping kids who are struggling on some level to find ways to circumvent the challenges and thrive within their own unique context. And that's really key that, that we really are looking at kids, there's no one size fits all, well. and really helping kids to appreciate who they are within their own unique context is so, so important and becomes even more important as adolescence hits in those teen years and much easier said than done.
0: Yeah, Kate, I could not agree with you more. And I think this is such an important message because the kids, the teens I work with, and the parents I work with, Mm -hmm. they always feel like there's an answer. If they would just do this, right? If they—and for the kids, a lot of the times it's if they were just thin enough, that's a big one right now. And the parents are like, if they would just be more social, if they would just be this and that, and they're constantly trying to change them to feel better. And that very Push to have to change to be better is what's causing them to be insecure about who they are right now.
1: Exactly, that is such a great point, and it's it's really sort of flipping that paradigm to really sort of look at and accept who your child is, and help them to do the same, um, and and keeping in mind that it's a process, um, yeah. and really trying to focus on the process goals within it all as opposed to the outcome, you know, be more social, get out and join a club, do this, do that, make sure you have the right situation for the dance. You know, it's, it's really not all about that. It's more about helping the child embrace who they are in the now and focus in on their strengths and capitalize on those, um, you know, in the long run.
0: Yeah, so this is a difficult thing for a lot of parents to do. And I've even had parents say, you know, like, focus on what they do right, focus on their strengths. And they'll go, well, I don't see any of those right now. And I think we have so many expectations from a good place. Like, I don't want to, like, all these parents are very loving. They want a lot for their kids. And it comes from the right place. But how do we help change this? And I like, it is a paradigm shift. How, would he, how do we shift this from going, rather than constantly trying to make my kids better, how do I learn to accept and love my child right here, right now? How do we do that?
1: Right, and it's, you know, it's easier said than done. And again, it's a process. But I believe it really starts with listening to our kids um, and making time for, you know listening to what they're saying you know hearing them each and every day you know we might not always agree with what they're saying but it's really important that we're listening and trying to understand their experience and where they're coming from
0: yeah this is something that i think th- i mean listening comes up in every single episode and it comes up in every single session i ever hold with anybody because i believe it is the number one most important parenting skill mhm and we all think we're doing it, and we all are doing it poorly. I mean, you and I have been trained mm. to do this, and it's still yeah. a struggle, right? Yes. So I, a lot of parents are going, I'm trying, I'm listening. Either they won't talk to me, mm-hmm. or I listen, and it doesn't work, and they get annoyed with me. So right. let's step back again, and let's kind of step through. What does this mean to listen? Because it's not as simple as just staying there and hearing what, right.
1: Right. Because, you know, it's, it's so true what you're saying, because, you know, kids don't always feel like talking, right? So sometimes it's just taking a walk and there might not be that much discussion, but then the next time you take a walk, who knows your kid might feel like talking. And that's the point where you, so it's, it's, you almost step into the opportunity to listen when your teenager feels like talking Um, of course there are other points where it's more important to sort of, you know, push the envelope and find out, you know, what's happening, but it's really just being comfortable in that silence, being comfortable in the being, just making it clear to your child that you're available. Um, that also counts as listening in my mind.
0: Yeah. I think one thing that's really hard and that I hear a lot is, Parents go, okay, I'm supposed to listen, but what my child is saying is I'm ugly, I'm not popular enough, I you know, they're putting themselves down. How are parents, what are parents supposed to do? Because our instinct is to go, oh no, no, you're beautiful. Oh no, no, you're smart, oh no. Like that's our instinct. Yes. And it doesn't work. Exactly. What do we say instead of that?
1: Well, you know, the the biggest piece there is to validate their experience, you know, validate their feelings in those moments. Um, Not with, yeah, you're ugly, but with, I understand it's hard. I get it. And another thing that's really important here is as parents, I believe it's really important to be transparent with our kids about our own struggles. You know, at during that phase or, or otherwise. But I think that that piece is really, really important to be human on that level with our kids to let them know that, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay to struggle. It's okay to, you know, you're going to have the ups and downs. Um, That's part of it, you know, not to minimize it in any way, but also, yeah, to share your own struggles as a parent, I believe is very, very important.
0: Yeah, Kate, you, you kind of mentioned that, too, with the not to invalidate it, because I think what's important is it's not about saying, oh, you think you have it bad. Listen to what happened to me. Exactly. You're not going through nothing compared to me. It's yeah, not, not, that, not in, that right? Not that. Not no, about, no, no, like, no, no, no. It's about me, too.
1: It's exactly. It's
0: that I, I, I've experienced something like that, too. Yes. I have a shared experience of feeling left out. I have a shared experience of feeling ugly.
1: Yes, I,
0: You're not alone in this. I'm with you here.
1: Or different or whatever it yes. is. And in, encouraging this idea that, you know, things change and evolve and, you know, give it time, but not in a way that you're minimizing the experience in the moment. That's the most important piece is to validate how they're feeling. Yes. validate that this is hard, validate that this is not, not, this doesn't feel good. You know, this is, this is, this is awful on many levels. Um, That's really, really important. It's a big part of our listening as parents.
0: Yeah. I think that's the key. It's not trying to fix, not trying to change how they feel, not to trying to minimize how bad it is because none of that that that's a sign. And we know when we're not listening well, when our kids tell us flat out, you're not listening. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And they do it all the time. And we get frustrated going, but I am, but I will tell you, if your child is saying you're not listening, you are not listening correctly because they're not feeling heard.
1: Exactly. And that's so, so you bring up a really good point again, you know, just letting our kids sort of be in their emotions and sort of, and, you know, we were at the, um, back to school night for one of my boys. He's just started freshman year. And the director of the upper school said to the parents, you know, the big group of us there, they're like, you know, this is a big transition guys. This is a big deal. Even if your kid's been here in middle school, this is a big shift this week. I challenge you to just let your kid be in their emotions, be there, listen, don't try to jump in and change or shift or fix. Just let them be in their emotions, and I think that's—I think he captured it really, really well as he said I, that.
0: Yeah, I love that they're saying that too because I think it is mm. so important, and it's difficult as a parent yeah. to see our kids in struggling, painful emotions, and yes. our instinct is to make them feel better. Right. And right. What I mean, from your perspective, when we're when we're always trying to make them feel better and get them through these negative emotions. What is happening? What are they, how are they receiving that?
1: Right. You know, it's it's it's, you know, hopefully, you know, they're receiving it in a way that they're able to sort of kind of sit with how they're feeling and know that things will get better. You know, it's it's okay uh for us and I think also impar- important for us as parents to, you know, maybe encourage them to try something new or, you know, give something a shot, you know, not like you need to do this to feel better, but just sort of in an open-ended sort of way say, hmm, well, gosh, you know, I don't know, you know, have you ever thought about, you know, trying volleyball or, you know, trying basketball or, you know, that kind of a thing, because if we can encourage our kids, you know, sort of in a global sense to get involved and to do things that are going to, inherently make them feel better, like physical activity or, you know, otherwise, you know, a, a, an art or a passion or, or, you know, develop a passion, I think we're, we're helping them as well. And we're helping them to kind of know that this sort of way that they're feeling will shift over time.
0: Yeah. So talk to us a little bit, Kate, between the difference between encouraging in a way that they feel inspired and they kind of feel motivated to do it between that and the difference between feeling like you're pressuring, which demotivates them. And that is a fine line to walk. How do we walk that line?
1: Such a fine line. And it's not an easy line to walk, you know, and we might think we're walking that line as parents, but it might be perceived as pressure by the child. So there too, it comes back to listening to how they're responding. And so in my mind and in our house, you know, we float the idea, you know, we might follow up on it down the road, but we don't, you know, push the idea every single day. You know, we don't say, Hey, have you, uh, have you talked to the basketball coach yet? Have you, um, signed up? Are you, what times for the first practice? You know, we're not doing it that way, but we're just kind of putting the idea out there. Um, putting the idea in, um, in our boys' heads and, you know, sometimes it takes and sometimes it doesn't. And it's really about the child, you know, it's about the individual kid. And I'll tell you that, you know, we've, we've seen it with one of our boys, um, really take. He had the opportunity to try crew as an eighth grader and he wasn't sure. And he was a tennis player at the time. I mean he still plays tennis, but and um wasn't sure, but took that risk. And sometimes it's important to encourage our kids to kind of push themselves out of their comfort zone. And um I'll tell you what, he's like absolutely loving it at this point. But we did not force him, we did not sign him up. We let him kind of take that ball and run with it, so to speak, and it worked out. You know, our other guy very, very different, and it'll take longer for him to to sort of settle in to what his trajectory is going to be, and that's okay too. So it's a question of knowing our kids and understanding sort of who they are within their own unique context and encouraging at a level where we think they can kind of manage and handle?
0: Yeah. I think when it go when we circle back to self-confidence, it's so important in order for our kids to gain confidence in themselves, they have to know we have confidence in them. Yes. And that comes with trust. It comes with yes. listening and let them guiding what they're needed, what's needed mm-hmm. for them. It's coming from validating how they're feeling and saying the way that you feel is okay that you feel that way. And when we validate who they are as a human being right here, right now, that's when they start going, okay, I feel more confident because those Mm -hmm. negative thoughts in our heads, they come from messages that we get growing up.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. So if we're giving that message that we accept who you are in the here and now, absolutely, that is going to build confidence. That's going to generate confidence over time.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm hearing parents right now going, but who my child is right now is lazy. All they do is play video games. And if I let him do whatever he wants, that's all he's going to do. Or my child is disrespectful. Am I supposed to just accept that? So this is what I hear. It's like embrace who your child is now. And they're like, but my child lies a lot. Do I accept them? as? So what do you say to the parents that are saying, I know you're telling me to accept my child, but I don't accept that behavior.
1: Right, and that's a really important point as well. So, you know, sort of accepting your child sort of at baseline for who they are, but if there are behaviors, sort of or um, tendencies that you know could be bordering sort of the clinical domain or otherwise just the 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 domain that's you know not helping them to kind of be, you know, developing into into good people down the road, good people that I don't really want to say it that way, but that is important to address. Um, So whether that's in the form of therapy or some sort of coaching or so there are absolutely behaviors, tendencies that our kids have that do need to be addressed um, head on. In a direct way.
0: Now, Kate, how do we approach that with our kids without coming across as you need to be fixed? And parents even use that word. They need to, we need to fix this. And when sure. we need to fix them, we are now going absolutely opposite of what we're just saying of the acceptance. So, how yep. do we do that?
1: Well, I think that we need to normalize this idea that. Um, support in the form of coaching or therapy or what have you is, is uh, an important uh, tool that we have in our toolbox boxes and kind of acknowledge the challenges as part of the acceptance, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, we all have challenges. We all have things about us that could be better, right, um, that we could be doing differently differently. And so to um, address it or um, talk to our kids about this need for help or intervention in that way, not like you're broken, you need to be fixed, I'm taking you to this person, but more like, you know, this is going to be another tool for you to help you to help you become more of who you want to be down the road. And maybe they don't know who they want to be yet. And that's totally okay and totally normal. But it's, um, it's I think, addressing it as, hey, this is going to be a tool. You might not like it up front, but we're going to give you this opportunity. And hopefully, if that connection is made with whoever is helping them, you know things will evolve in a in a positive direction
0: let's step into that real quick too when kids when you see your child and you're like i my child could really use some guidance they're in, they're insecure they're a fear they have a fear of failure i don't know what to say they're not talking to me i really want them to get help but my child is resistant my mm-hmm. teen is saying no i don't want help what do you recommend parents do in that situation
1: yeah, you know, so such a great question, and it's it's not an easy situation because some kids are much more open to help than others, and you know, if the child first first, I would recommend that the parents have a consultation with a therapist or or a parenting coach or, or something along those lines, just to try to talk through it from that angle. Um, you know, it depends. It depends on what's going on. If it's something that is sort of um you know, absolutely needing an intervention, then perhaps forcing it is going to be necessary. But if it's something a little bit more in that gray area and the parents can get support and how to work with the child and the child, you know, then perhaps addressing it that way. So it's a continuum and it really, really depends. There's no one size fits all.
0: Yeah, I agree. So Kate, How do people find you? And I know you've got a course that you were going to offer to some of the listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Yeah. The course is really a companion course to my book, Bounce, um, Help Your Child Build Resilience and Thrive in School, Sports, and Life. And um, the course really, uh, in a video format with a companion workbook, takes um, parents through sort of helping their kids to... Build and internalize the seven pillars of resilience, sort of this ability to tolerate frustration and manage emotion, uh, understand and appreciate individual difference. We t- we talk about motivation and confidence and courage, addressing the fear of failure, that sort of thing. So I would, yeah, I would love to offer offer the course. It's on a, a platform called LearnDesk um, to, you know, whoever might be uh, interested uh, in checking it out. One thing to mention, though, is the course, uh, the course is geared towards the younger child. However, um, that's because when I wrote the book, when I developed the course, my kids were in that right. age group, right? They were in that bracket. Important thing to note is that the um, pillars of resilience outlined apply to all of us across the lifespan. Yeah. And we've just actually been, been talking about many of them. So, you know, happy to do that. And it is on a, a platform called learndesk.us.
0: Great. I will have the link and all that information in the show notes. Awesome. Um, and how do people find you?
1: Uh, well, I have a website, uh, KateLundSpeaks.com, And um, uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. Or folks can always shoot me an email if they have a question. And one other uh, thing to note is, I'm in the process of launching a podcast on a network called Mission Matters, and uh, the first episode will be airing in a couple weeks.
0: Exciting! Yeah, Welcome to the podcast world.
1: Pretty excited about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's um, it's it's you know hopefully gonna gonna help folks in in the ways that we've been talking about.
0: I love it. So before we depart, what is the one thing that you want parents to take away today to help them support their child and their child's self-confidence?
1: Well, so at a foundational level, as we've been talking about, I really hope that parents will, you know, believe in their child, believe in the possibility that their child sort of has innately within them you know, despite the challenges, despite the difficult behaviors and all of that, sort of at a foundational, fundamental level, believe in your child.
0: Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful. Thank you, Kate. I'm so grateful you could join us today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Of course. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy days to spend with us. I really appreciate you. If you want to learn more about how to help your teens thrive, you can grab my top 10 secrets for raising teens at AskDrCam.com slash ParentingTips. Until next time, have a peaceful, positive, calm day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.AskDrCam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS.